Yo. Ben Simmons. Hello, no guys. Sixer, oh, boys. Ben Simmons is no <laughs> longer a Philadelphia 76er. And welcome to the beard here in Philadelphia. It's the all day, everyday show where we do things a whole lot differently with all day AJ and the homie Manny Ruffin. Yo, yo. Another guest, a lot more fun. Happy Super Bowl Sunday, powered by Dimers. Okay, so we have another guest coming on the show. He's way different than what you guys have been used to, what we've been used to. We will get to him in just a moment. We want to talk about a couple of things that happened last night. As you know, last night was the NFL Honors. Plenty of awards were given out. Maybe people thought Tom Brady was supposed to get the MVP. I'm going to start with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP. Um, obviously, we knew it was going to be either him or... Or Brady, it is a quarterback award. I mean, on this show, we knew it was him for like eight weeks. For, yeah, and that's his fourth MVP. Um, I'm more stuck on the fact of his speech and everybody he thanked in the Packers organization saying all those nice words to Matt LaFleur. Maybe that was an indication that maybe that's it for him in, in Green Bay. Um, and that kind of solidified that fact. His his thoughts that and, and the people that he mentioned, his teammates, his inner circle, all of these people was super, uh, you know, for me as a – Growing up to see seeing a guy that took over Brett Favre's position when Brett Favre was my favorite player, uh, seeing Aaron Rodgers do what he's done in Green Bay. If that was it, you know, that was a great way to ride out, and you got your MVP. Also, another cool moment, J.J. Watt passing the torch to younger brother TJ when they got that iconic hug when TJ, you know, won Defensive Player of the Year, and J.J. was the one that got, it, got to announce it. So I thought that was also really cool. We knew Cooper Cup was going to get Offensive Player of the Year, and God damn it, we knew... Jamar Chase was going to get Offensive Rookie of the Year. Facts. We didn't think that Micah Parsons was going to be able to follow, be the first since Lawrence Taylor to get the rookie, to be the first rookie to win Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously, we know, like just stated, TJ did get it. But Micah Parsons did get the Defensive Rookie of the Year. And um, how about another cool speech, another cool story was the moment of the year from Justin Tucker, his 66-yard field goal. In his speech, it was so uh, just like moving on, on the people that he thanked. He, he said everything but himself in that speech. He spoke about, you know, this wouldn't have happened if we didn't have Sammy Watkins and, Jamal, and uh, excuse me, Sammy Watkins and Lamar Jackson being able to put us in a position to go get that. You know, thanking his long snapper, thanking his coaches, thanking all these different people that were able to make this moment happen. Those big moments that he said, those big moments don't happen unless you have guys on the field that are able to put you in that situation to go make that field goal. And then obviously it was like something was, was up there that made that ball go in because the fact that it landed on that point of the crossbar for it to bounce in, it just made it so special. On a 66-yard field goal, I was in a suicide pool league, and you remember I had the Ravens, and this was against the Lions, so that was huge. Um, but I love that speech, and I'm going to continue to watch that. And then finally, Keegan-Michael K absolutely destroys Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey literally in the front row watching what he said. He had a picture of Joe Burrow's fit for the AFC Championship game and said, Patrick Mahomes, his quote, Patrick Mahomes saw what Joe Burrow wore at halftime, and he came out and he didn't know how to play football. And the whole crowd was like, ooh. And Travis, they literally had the camera on Travis, and he was just, like, licking his lips and, like, you know, doing this and that. Because that was fucking corny. And then, and then he was corny. like, I'm sorry, Travis. I'm sorry, Travis. Like, he, you probably thought, like, we were friends. I'm sorry, bro. And it was just like, and Travis was just nodding his head, like licking his lips. Like, that zone was bro, that zone, no, that. that zone was ass. That was ass. But that was my takeaway on the on the uh, on the. You know, because I forget one what year it was. Peyton was a dog in KD, and people were actually like, it was funny. I don't know, in my opinion, that zone was ass. But uh, bro, did you see last night the Duke, the Duke the fucking Duke game? game? Tell me, bro, because bro. that was brutal. First, actually, uh, before I get to the Duke game, uh, shout out my boy Daryl Morey. We go from yeah, arguing about who we argue about who should be getting more minutes. No, there's no well at Jaleel Okafor. Now we're worried about who who's gonna stop us with James Harden, Joel Embiid. I don't want to get too deep into it. Just know it's a win-win for both organizations, in my opinion. I think Ben's gonna be able to play his natural position. He should he should be able to play positionless five, not have to worry about scoring, passing, setting screens, playing defense, and. <laughs> James Harden is back with Joel Embiid. I mean, this is Clint Capella and James Harden back in the day on steroids. I'm so excited to get started. And people are worried about us losing Steph Curry or Seth Curry, not Steph Curry. Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. Guys, you lost two bench players and a guy that didn't play for James Harden. And anyway, so oh, keep, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, let's also notice that the big date I tweeted at you yesterday. March 10th, March 10th is this man, Manny Ruffin's birthday. And it just so happens that the Brooklyn Nets will be visiting the 76ers at Wells Fargo Center. You bet your fucking ass we're going to do everything that we can to be there and make some content. Just had to uh, put that out there. But go ahead. Also, I watched some basketball last night. I watched the Duke game. Wendell Moore gets a strip, comes down, gets a dunk, and 
dude number 13 from Clemson absolutely just, I mean, not no care full in the shoulder into his back, knocks like, him out. It looked like it was on his, like, calf. No, it was on, on the bottom. Of, purposely to flip him over on the bottom of his legs. And all I have to say about that, first of all, I mean, that's a dirty fucking play, but why is Coach K the most upset out of all the players? Like, four Duke players walked by him. First of all, I don't know who it was, but first homie that was right next to Wendell just sitting there with his hands up. Like, oh, my God. Bull yeah, walks past Bull walks past him. Another another person just walks right by him. Like we're going. Banchero walks by. Him. Like they're saying little words to him, but yo, somebody's gotta hit him with a. You know, like he just the fact to that Coach K he looked like he was gonna boys, punch him. He tried to end my boy's career, and the most mad person is my my ninety year old coach is about to retire. Exactly. This game's gotten soft. Like all you motherfuckers on that Duke team, soft. I'm sorry. I don't know how. No one gets in his face. No one does a little push. And it was funny because Ooh, the announcers... We got an interview, but like, holy yeah, facts. fuck. The announcers were saying, they are like, it looks like the benches are going to start clearing here. And then, but the cameras were only showing like the huddle around the bench him when The bench could have got busy, but like nowadays... The, the bench was you, standing up. If you step on the floor, you get suspended. So I, right. there, there's like coaches dedicated to that shit. But like the players on the floor, like no one... Well, that's why you saw like, Coach K. No one thought to... You Coach know K saying? went from... All the way down the court. Bro, he, he was, was walking, walking. You motherfucker. God. He was literally Talk on the other the side kid. of the floor. Yeah. Like, he ran. Yeah. So, that's soft a lot of respect man. and a lot of heart from a coach that's about to that's uh, not soft. leave leave soft. the university. But, all right, guys, we have an interview to do. Today, we have NBA 2K League. In his first two seasons, he has won the title. He was the 2020 number one overall pick. We are eh. so Fucking excited to have the pleasure of talking to this guy. This is a, a newer interview for you guys because this is not a sports gambler. This is somebody that we that has been in a close circle to us. So we're gonna dig into everything with Jack Mascone. Thank you so much, buddy. 2K yeah. 2020 number one overall pick. What is up, brother? Thanks for being here. What's Thanks for your time. Boys? Dude, great to see you, this man. This is actually a sweet setup you guys have. Yeah. Thanks, I never man. like you can't really see it from the TikTok camera, but this is that was awesome. Because <laughs> everything's so zoomed in. Um let me just get yeah. this camera view working here. How, how's my lighting? I can you look good. No, you're, you're it's chilling. fine. Yeah, you're chilling. You got a little sweet. bit of like a George Washington portrait behind you. A little elegant thing. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, but we are uh we're I've been talking, obviously we were talking with Ish yesterday. Um I was yeah. telling him on the live what we were gonna be talking with you about. Um, cool. So we're going to be just going over your career in those two years, and then we'll kind of end it with, with the big project that's launching on February 13th because, you know, I've been getting big into that kind of stuff as well. So obviously I want to learn about somebody that's kind of developing and creating that whole thing. Um, but let's yeah, just, so one, ahead, one thing ahead. I'll say is it's on the uh, 14th just for – Okay. okay. Um, yeah, it's for uh, date purposes. But, dude, honestly, like the 2K stuff – I want to talk about, I don't want to take up too much time with it. Cause like, you know, I've told that story in 10 minutes and I still told that story in, you know, two hours. So what real quick, do you want to go over some of those questions and then I could kind of, you know, we could kind of cater them to, you know, how I think we could kill two birds with one stone with some of that stuff. Yeah. Because I don't want to, I mean, we've had guys on here that have done plenty of different interviews. I mean, you know, on, on, on uh, TikTok, book it with Trent. So one of the things we said to him is we were like, we've known that you've done this so many times. So we want to make this as different as we possibly can. For me, I don't necessarily understand how you get into that or how that even works. So I kind of want to learn on how you did that and how that worked. Um, I had a conversation with with Ish about it. And he was like, one of the stories that he told is that, you know, you guys have been boys since day one. And, you know, you were playing. 2k you know late at night and one of the things he said is like we would go on like 20 and 30 game win streaks and he would say to me like bro i can really this is like the first year the 2k league came out and you were saying to him bro like i could make it like i I can go do this in the 2k league i guarantee that and he was like bro like stop fucking around bro and then he was like i remember i was at work or i was at a friend's house or i was at some party and on my phone i look at my phone there's everything's blowing up and it says my boy jack is the number one overall pick and he was like damn bro he fucking told me he told me Dude, it was something like that, but it was definitely like, and we could talk about it more, but it was definitely like an off the grid thing. And um, I went off the grid for a minute and I was like, so locked into doing this. Um, I'll explain more. There's like, you know, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of backstory behind it, but um, now I wasn't like, you can ask Christian, I never really played 2k at all until, you know, that year, 2k Damn. and the two at August, 2k 17, 2k 18. And then I was drafted in 2K20. So it was like two and a half years where I went from not playing to, you know, being considered 
one of the best players in the world. Well, literally, like, that's, that's that's where I get to my only two my only two K question for real because I used to grind two K like when two K was good for real. Like I mean, first two K yeah, was two K eleven. I never two K twelve was cool, but then like you start getting to like 14, 15, 16, like good two Ks. You could play my player, you could play my team, you could grind whatever the fuck you want. The game's good, mechanics, yeah. or whatever. But then like seventeen came out. That shit got ass. Eighteen, like, yeah, yeah, not yeah, that yeah, good yeah. either. Like, the, like, See, I think, like, I, I think the eighteen, played. the eighteen dribble mechanics was cool. You could do a little something there, but the overall gameplay was ass. So, how did you like mentally get past the games being dog shit and obviously have to Fact. grind the way you had to grind to become number one overall pick? Facts. I mean, I didn't have a reference point. Like, you did, <laughs> okay, to okay. be fair, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, like, that was all I knew, mm-hmm. and I loved basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helped. So that's easy enough. And then, and then, yeah, man, and it's like. You know, I, I got hurt too. Are we? Am I being recorded? Yeah, yeah. everything, everything is. All right, sweet, 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 sweet. So yeah, man. So I got hurt too. Um, so my senior year, I actually ran cross country for mm-hmm. you know just in hopes of getting in a better shape because I was gonna go play collegiate tennis. Okay. And um, I was like, man, like you know, I it was either you know I ran cross country or one of my buddies played tennis with me, and I ended up you know running running cross country. And I remember beginning of the season was cool. You know, I wasn't in running shape, but I was, you know, I was in the upper echelon of the team. So I was training with my one buddy who was like, you know, the top runner in the state. He happened to be on our team. And he was like one of my best friends since I was like super young. And we would go on all these practice runs together. And, you know, I thought I was just like, you know, I would go run and I'd go play tennis for three hours. And it was all great. Mm-hmm. And then towards the latter part of the season, um, I remember like my ankles started to hurt, but like, it wasn't like I twisted. It was like becoming sore and like, you know, like the bottom of my shins were becoming tender. Like it just stuff felt weird. And what I started to do was like, I would run races and then I would go on the elliptical to, to um, lessen the stress Mm -hmm. on my leg. And long story short, I got diagnosed with a stress fracture in three parts of my shin and yeah and you know so i'm thinking like i'm gonna go play collegiate tennis regardless you know this is like a little three-week thing right whatever but you know obviously it's a little bit of a setback and you know it's my senior year of high school i played basketball my whole life also um like you know basketball is probably my best sport like i just stopped playing i had like fall out in like eighth ninth grade but senior year i'm you know i'm trying to play trying to play ball again so i go to like i i I'm on the team, like the coach just, you know, he he hooks me up. Like he didn't, I didn't have to try out and I was hurt for the first two, two, three weeks of the season. And I'm thinking like, man, like, you know, there's, I'm not missing, like I'm not doing this to not play. And my ankle, my shin feels decent. It's a stress fracture. It's not like something that's, you know, I can walk. I was doing everything. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was not limited in any way of life other than I couldn't play tennis like that and you know I couldn't sprint but I was just I was taking it easy but I was fine I was like all right let me give this a go next thing you know boom re-injured and I'm just like demoralized so basketball season gets wiped out and I actually like take a couple months like to just totally think about this and decompress I wasn't playing tennis I wasn't playing basketball. I wasn't running. I wasn't doing anything. And I was just thinking, I'm like, man, like, you know, what, why did, like, I played sports my whole life. And now to have there be no drive for me to continue playing because, like, I'm I'm hurt and I don't even, you know, I, I took for granted the level I was playing tennis at and the practice I was putting into it. And that lent itself into me picking up 2K and, like, you know, I could put that same drive into something. Bro. without having to compensate um you know my injury without mm-hmm. having to worry about it and it became like a fun thing that i was just trying to master like i would look up youtube videos and then mm-hmm. I, would, I would have my computer next to me and i had my like, controller here so i was like learning how to play on the spot and um yeah man i just got more and more into it and next thing you know i'm supposed to take this gap year i'm supposed to go play uh tennis in florida for a year and then i'm gonna go play in college and I don't want to play tennis. Anymore. I don't, I can't get back to playing for five hours a day. I, I don't love it the same way. And I moved to Atlanta. In Atlanta, I kind of did it to get out of New York because my parents were, you know, they were like, what are you doing here? Like, I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be in college if I'm not taking this tennis gap year, but I already planned to take a gap year. So 
go down to Atlanta, I get a job teaching tennis, you know, it was pretty That's chilled. Cool. Like I was, it wasn't, yeah, it was just, I was just like, I would go to schools and I would set up a, uh, a net in the backyard. I mean, in the recess area and I would host like a tennis clinic. Oh, that's cool. And, um, that's great. yeah, so it was cool. But every second I wasn't doing that, I was playing 2K. Fair I was in Atlanta. And this was the year before I was going to go to college. And, and like, I'm three months in and I'm like, I'm, I'm alone in Atlanta. I'm 18 years old. I'm in like, you know, the heart of Atlanta. I'm like, you know, what am I really doing here? I don't, I barely know anybody. Um, you know, I'm so wrapped. I'm so mad at myself for even doing this in the first place and not playing tennis, not doing what I love. I could have been in Florida in the sun in the best shape of my life, going ready to go play college tennis. And I'm just so wrapped up in my own head. And I get to the point where, you know, I'm just like, you know, screw this. I want to come home. And I just like fold to my parents. Cause it was kind of like a rebellion thing. Like, you know, I could do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need tennis. I don't need it, whatever. And they're like, okay, you can come home. You got to throw away your Xbox. And, I, and I, I'm like, okay, fine. Oh, wow. So I, this is like May. So I actually took a video and I, and I had like a 2K Twitter at this time, the same Twitter I have now. And I take a video and like people knew, like I was getting decent at 2K through like, I was playing quick match one-on-ones mm-hmm. and I would talk a lot of shit on Twitter. <laughs> and like, I would, you know, I would, I would take somebody's, I would win a money game, talk shit on Twitter, boom, like, you know, at the people and like right. those, those You know how toxic people. 2K can be too. Mm-hmm. So I understand. Yeah, yeah toxic. Mm-hmm. No, two, no, no, no. 2K is next level. Next level. Uh, next level. Um, so, so yeah, then, so these guys I'm, you know, talking to are guys that are, you know, either in the league or like, you know, well-known one-on-one players, quick match people. So like, you know, my team versus your team. Um, like I'm Lakers, your Bucks, whatever it is. And it got to the point where I kind of got a little bit of like a reputation, you know, for being good at the game and, you know, for talking my shit and, it was cool. Like, I, you know, I liked it because, right. like, yeah, like I had my edge back a little. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a virtual edge. It wasn't 100%. real, but it was superficial. And it, and it, and it, plugged, and it plugged, um, you know, it plugged that void that I, you know, I, I had from playing sports at that level. Um, so I loved it. And my parents told me, like, you got to throw the Xbox away. I'm like, you know, like, I should not do this. this. Like, I know, yeah. I, I, no, 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 no. I thought, like. I shouldn't play an Xbox. Like I didn't oh, know what wow. you're on the opposite I so, side. I was so lost in life because mm-hmm. you know I didn't. The only thing I knew was sports. I, I looked at video games as something that I came home at the end of the day, and you know if I was shot, I would do it. I didn't really own like the most video games I ever played in my life was at Christian's house. Mm-hmm. Like until I got like we would have sleepovers and play FIFA all night, right. like yeah. stuff like that. But I was never like I never played Call of Duty. I never played video games, video games like that, and. um, so I'm like, you know, I know I I'm, I shouldn't be playing. I shouldn't be gaming like this. And I'm I applied. I was in Arizona State for the class of uh, 2023. So that was the following following was it August? And it's May at the time. So I throw my Xbox down the garbage chute. I'm on the 11th floor in Atlanta. <laughs> Video goes viral. Yeah. Video goes <laughs> viral. Oh, like they don't like we can't just overstep that. Like you talking about the the shoot. Like you got to open them off. Forgot. Jack, you got to get me that video. I got to find that video. I'm gonna have to toss that on the screen for that. Somebody, somebody has 100 percent me. I can, I can find it. Yeah. Um. So I throw it down the shoot. I do like a little, a little dialogue with it. I'm like, see you guys on the flip side. I'm going to school. So wow. I, I stopped. So, so I'm like, I'm like a year in of like grinding 2K, and then I'm just like, okay, I take. The whole summer off from May to August, I take off, get to school. My roommate ends up having a PlayStation. He keeps tempting me to play him in 2K. I'm like, bro, just this is the, this is just let's just not do this. Right. Like, I'm this is just a rabbit hole for me. Uh, so next thing you know, a week later, I'm at Best Buy. I'm I get my own PlayStation, and then I qualify for I qualify for the uh, all these NBA teams were hosting these little mini tournaments. If you qualified, you won a draft or whatever. So I qualified at my dorm in Arizona State. I won like the second tournament um, mm. from my dorm without playing in like literally three and a half months, which is crazy. And I wasn't even that like this was a five v five mode. This wasn't one v one. So like I kind of just plugged in and you know I, I don't know how it worked, but it worked. And uh, you know I had a good team. I built up some good connections while I was playing. And uh, yeah, so I got in the draft pool. And that was like the hardest part about it. And then after that, it was team interviews um, where they kind of just, you know, break down your mental and see where your see where your head's at. What and like I played fuck? basketball my whole life. No, I had like 
You used to do that shit in the film room for like real basketball. Like coaches, like are you yeah, good? Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. They do they do a lot of breakdown there. Um, yeah, man. And then I got selected to the Wizards to to Wizards District Gaming, um, number one in the draft. And Tough. I remember everyone like all my buddies because I'd been like like I said off the grid. I was in Atlanta, and then I came home for that summer. But that summer, like. Like my head was all over the place. Like I wasn't, I wasn't myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even with my friends like that. And uh, the next thing they knew, well, I was at Arizona State, right? And then I was like, okay, like I'm about to just, you know, get back to living normal life. And then three months later, I was on this podium in Times Square, you know, going number one in the NBA draft, in the 2K League draft. Um, so like the swing of events and the swing of emotions and the it wasn't really a change of heart because, like, I knew I always – I love 2K and I wanted to do this. I wanted to give it a shot considering, like, I could give it a shot. But kind of just validating it for myself was, like, the hardest part of all that process. Um, and then, yeah, I had, like, a really sex, successful um, career. I, I ended up – we won the first – world championship after covid it was streamed on espn2 the whole season because this is when no sports were on which was dope yeah perfect so, like, for guys like you in that in that space yeah no oh sports. crazy coverage like um and just to be able to talk about that school like just saying i played video right. games in the um Fact. and then i got selected i was the captain that following winter i got selected for team usa so i was the captain of the team usa in the first ever ever fiba um esports tournament so like FIBA put something on for every every country and I remember it was like a really cool thing because we were working with the team USA staff and they were like trying to you know present us with the stuff they presented the real guys you know That's ranging from merchandise so cool, to just dude. like to just like insight like just real basketball insight and you know how to bring out the best in you and, you know, and things, ways to decompress, ways to be a better teammate, ways to be a better leader, ways to handle stress. Like, you know, and we had all these resources and it was really cool. Um, just to see, that was like my full circle moment Mm. where it was like, you know, 12, 12 months ago that I remember the finals of that tournament was December 23rd. And then 12 months ago, December 23rd, I just left Arizona state to take the winter semester off to get ready for this draft. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. Like my, the past two, the year, two years before that were all over the place. I had always had like sports always kept me grounded my whole life. And this was the first moment where I was like, okay, like, you know, this makes total sense. I'm so glad I did this. Like the people I met, um, the things I learned, the intangibles that I learned, you know, I could have never got that from school. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to take pride in this. Like I never really knew where my head at, was at with it, but now like, you know, I was going to totally take pride in it. And then, so I ended up, we ended up winning gold, uh, gold. They actually sent us a gold medal, which is cool. Um, <laughs> and I got the MVP of the, the tournament. Uh-huh. So like I had, like, I got a pretty cool interview. They sent me a watch. Uh-huh. It was like a really it's not a, like, don't tell me it's a little AP. They, they didn't really, they didn't ice nah, you out. They didn't ice box you. Oh, all right, all right. I had to make sure. They didn't nah, ice box you. I had to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I'm like living this crazy life. Hell yeah. Through, still through the internet, mm-hmm. but it's like, now I'm like, you know, it's, it's validated. So, you know, what I was once doing or was once trying to do in real life. Now, you know, it came full circle, which was so nice. And then, you know, it's just, it's stuff I could talk about and stuff I always learned from like every experience, you know, from the 2K league, whether it's on camera talking or, you know, just learning how to deal with the same people for six months during COVID, seeing them every day. Like I'm living in Washington, DC, just for context. Like I'm living with my team. We're on salary. We're, uh, you know, we're, we have, we're a part of monumental sports. So we have the resources of monumental, you know, which were great. Um, you know, all the, all these facilities. Did you ever these... see this getting this far? Like even in, when in from your rebellious sense? side, like getting to this point where, you know, earning a gold medal, right. MVP of the, of the FIBA esports open two in two years, two NBA league, two K league championships, averaging 22 and 11 in the finals. 
Like, did you ever see it from when you were on that quote unquote rebellious side of going down to Atlanta and then it coming to this full circle moment? Did you ever see this getting this far? No, I really didn't. Uh, but I think like the biggest part about that is I was put in a really good spot off the jump. Like, you know, a big thing with any 5v5, any team sport ever is, you know, your environment and your other four guys you're yep. playing with and your coaching staff. And, you know, that that's in real life. That's in video games. That's in, you know, the work environment. That's forever. Um, so I was blessed with a really good team and, and they helped like, you know, there was times where I wanted to quit the league in season three. And I'm like, why are I not at school? Why am I not, you know, what am I doing here? And they kind of just kept me grounded and like, you know, I'm the type of person and I think it helps and, and, uh, and it hurts it's a double-edged sword where I'm like super obsessive. And then I, I lose interest quick. I'm the same way. So like, yeah. So I'll like the, you know, I'll do five weeks straight of just like, 12 hours a day just whether it's on the game or studying the game and then i'll just do you know i'd be i i wouldn't have to play the game for two weeks and but like you know i had to play the game for two weeks so we had to play the game every day so like it was just a tough mental barrier to overcome um and that like you know when i talk about the stuff the 2k league taught me that was probably the biggest thing like the importance of balance and the importance of like you know understanding yourself and, and definitely taking your taking your mental seriously because there's no way ever that you can perform physically, emotionally, or, you know, be the leader you want to be if your mental is not in the right place. So, you know, I'm big now on trying to have somewhat of a sleep schedule, trying to <laughs> exercise a decent amount, um, you know, actually for season four. So for the, for the next season, after following the FIBA esports open for my last season, before I stepped away, um, I was, you know, I was not playing the game that much. Like I'd probably play it. We went to practice. It was probably between two, three hours of playing time. And that would be it for the day, which seems a lot to an old person, but like, you know, for a professional gamer. Yeah, yeah. Some guys are playing 12 hours a day or not like more or less. Yeah. Seriously. Right. And, and the crazy thing. To at me least is at the setup, like they're on discord, they're hopping on and all. Like, oh, you know, yeah. That's easily, what I'm saying. Easily. Like they're, they're in it. For, yeah. Easily. So, so like. <laughs> So, but like some some of these guys in the two K league would come home from practice after playing eight hours, and then go get on Madden, or go get on something. And like I was like, you know, I can't. My brain just couldn't do that. So I I learned that, and like that was like the best thing that happened to me. And like, you know, even now I'm not playing two K. That stuff I still apply and still take super seriously because like you know it's really important. Like you know what you eat, you know how you sleep, how you exercise, how you're just maintaining perspective is like the biggest thing. So let me, um, let me cut you off real quick. My fault, because you, when you were talking, you were saying like, kind of like the essential qualities you have that like you can dive in five weeks here and then like you turn it off. And when it came to video games, like I literally have such a similar story, like in ninth grade, long story short, I snapped the shit out of my leg, couldn't play football or basketball the whole year. So I had nothing to do. So I got fucking disgusting. at call of duty used to play hella wagers, game battles, playing tournaments and shit. Like went down that rabbit hole. And then it became a thing where you were saying like, I could, like, literally not play video games for a couple years. A game comes out, happens with, Fort happens with Fortnite. Game comes out, get really fucking good. Be like, all right, I'm cool. I'm off it. And, like, I stopped playing video games for a little but bit. But tell this him fucker, about the Fortnite, though. I, we, we can talk. I mean, it's not the last time I talk to him. It's his what show. happened? What it's you his, do it's, his, it's his show. It's his show. So I'm, I'm off Fortnite for a little bit, whatever. I got, I, so I got really good at that game. Hopped off it. Then this fucker got me back on Apex. So right now I'm, like, playing Apex a little bit. But, like, I can t I, I can dig, like, the excess of hopping in and out. Like, I kind of I really relate with that. But, like, what? made you stop because for me sometimes it's like dude like i just got like when i feel like i'm at my best at something it's like what more do i have to work for like i don't like i'm not i'm i love video games but i'm not like a gamer you know what i'm saying so like being the best at a video game for that long it don't turn me on like that like it's like all right i got really good i think i could be as good as a as scump or as boog or whatever but now i'm kind of can do the things they can do so i'm like all right i mean fuck this i'm off it. like is that was is that what you were on like why did you step away was yeah, kind of no, like a hundred percent I like, you know, once I got that good, I was like, what am I doing? Like, like let me go. Yeah, let literally, me like, I can't, like, I don't, this I don't, is crazy. Man. This shit, yeah, like, a little bit. Um, You know, I, there was a bigger picture there, though, because we were, at the end of the season, we had to play for a lot of money. We had the opportunity to play for a lot of money. So, like, that was, and it wasn't like I was playing a one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. like, you know, Fortnite or whatever. Like, you know, I was playing for the, my teammates. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's, these guys are, you know, some of them have families, um, you know, where they're, where they're the main provider. So, 
that's something that, you know, you got to just power through. But like, if it was totally up to me, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm, I got to, it gets to a point where I don't, the being good at the game doesn't turn me on at all. Exactly. It's the, it's the challenge of getting that good. Exactly. And like, and then I'm just like, like I can conquer this arena. Like I can prove to myself yeah. that I can conquer this arena. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna do something else. Oh, 100%, 100%. But so the thing that kept me going in the virtual in, in 2K was like the community is like, you know, you got to win, you got to prove yourself. Facts. And like it got to a point where like, you know, I was, where when I started being, to be called like, you know, the best player in the world where it was like, okay, this is cool. Like I kind of want right. to, you know, keep, keep doing this a little bit. And then, uh, and then it, it kind of, so this final, so the season four, this, uh, this last, um, NBA 2K league season I played, I was like, if we win the finals, I'm done. Like, you know, I, I, I did ex everything I wanted, you know, I, there's nothing more for me to do in a sense. There's part of me, you know, that even to this day regrets it a little bit because, mm. you know, we could have, if we went, if we ended up winning, if we were to win three in a row, I think that would be like a really cool thing. Need to go. Anybody can say shit. Yeah, two in a row is cool, but three in a row is crazy. Right. Um, and like, it's one of those things where you only miss the sun when it starts to snow. Mm -hmm. And I really think about it as much at the time. Fucking bars um, right there, dude. Yeah. So that's that's life, man. And I oh, think shit. you got it. With any decision you make, you gotta ride it because you can't go back in time. Mm -hmm. Um. And that's like the biggest thing I learned from you know losing sports to gaining gaining this success in video games and almost not being content with it for a large sum, sum of the time when people would kill to be in my shoes. Right. Um, and like, just to be conscientious of that is the biggest thing. Uh, I think, you know, that kind of keep you going and keep you stable and not, not give you that, Okay, well, what do I gotta do next? What do I gotta do next? Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of just allows you to reflect in a moment. I think that's a beautiful thing that people don't do enough in life. Fact. You know, just kind of where where am I at? How am I here? What is the what what were what were the hardest points in my life? And then, you know, how did I maneuver those to get to the position I'm in? And just sitting on that for a little bit. I think that, you know, that's like a really organic way to reflect. And uh I try to be more and more mindful of that. So following that you know i got following the season i got invited to the esports awards in arlington texas and this was like a really cool thing so i was nominated for the controller player of the year sponsored yeah. by scuff this is in any video game so like funny you say scump was there yeah, that was um, there what was there scump was there uh i'm not good with names but all all like the phase hundred thieves optic mm -hmm. uh all those orgs were there a bunch of their top players nade shot like Tell all of those guys um, so like we're at like this super cool table and, you know, there's all these people who have made such a great impact in the world of video games. And, you know, there's a guy speaking who is the first ever gamer to be sponsored by Red Bull. This was in like 2007. He's telling his story. He's getting, he's getting inaugurated into the hall of fame, the yeah. esports awards hall of fame. He's saying, he's telling like this 20 year story of playing Halo 2002 for free, you know, and then it gets, gets a little more traction and then Twitch comes out, you know, and Twitch was never a thing. And, you know, some of these brands started to pick him up and, you know, he was like a, he carried the momentum for them for a while. It seemed like just by the, you know, the crowd's reaction, how people spoke about him. But that's when I was like, wow, I'm in a space that, you know, transformed a billion dollar industry. Like, you know, the, this is the core of who made esports what esports are today. People talk about esports all the time. Like mm -hmm. esports are, you know, huge evaluation on X, Y, and Z is huge. So I was like, wow, you know, there's, if you could, if I could go back in time, you know, there's no way I would go back in time. Like not only did I learn so much, but this is a beautiful place, you know, to be in. Like I'm in a, I'm in the pinnacle of an industry that's, you know, going, going to change the world, you know, okay. whether or not people admit it or not. So I was, that was like the, the really cool thing for me and a really nice moment of closure for me to be like, this is, you know, I want to only say the best about the NBA 2K league about, you know, the, the people I was surrounded by that let me be in this position because this is incredible. And, and the people I met there actually, you know, inspired blockhead sports for me, which is the, uh, which is the NFT project I'm working on. But essentially the takeaway with that is when I was talking to all these, 
big organizations, these gaming organizations, the esports organizations, they have obviously their traditional Call of Duty, Fortnite, League of Legends, Rocket League. They have all these teams. They have all these branches. But the biggest takeaway for me was them diving into the play-to-earn space and how video games are going to be, you know, transitioned from your traditional Fortnite, Call of Duty, like I said, to games that you can actually play for a token that's you know exchangeable for real value um so people are going to actually you know have an occupation through playing video games like outside of monetizing their streaming like the top one percent of gamers do like there's mm-hmm. going to be video games that allow you know 30 percent of users to be very profitable or you may potentially even more and that's what like people are working on now which is a really cool thing to think about i saw a stat there's a uh, there's a cool page on Instagram I follow called Metaverse with a uh, a three as the e, and which represents Web three. But they were saying by in tw- in twenty years, this was posted like four months ago, fifty percent of occupations are going to derive from playing video games. It's unbelievable. That's an unbelievable stat. Which is alarming and and that's not like you know you're sitting on your couch with a remote that could be you know through you know that's an ar that's in that's in vr that's with you know these goggles there's so many different forms that could be development of these games so you know the world is just taking a total pivot um you know and i i'm blessed to kind of be at the not the front of that change, but to see that change, you know, in real time mm-hmm. being coming from this industry and, you know, being able to immerse myself in a group that has, you know, really been, you know, at the forefront of esports for, you know, 10, 15 years now. So it was so cool to go there and just talk to everybody. And, you know, I was, I was like a, you know, I was, a, I was like a fly in a horse's butt but at the sports awards, like I was just soaking it all up. And it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I really appreciated the magnitude of it there because like, you know, these guys are walking around and like, you look them, I've never heard of them. And I look them up on Instagram. I look them up on Twitter and tens of millions of followers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's a whole nother world, man. And like, I thought I knew that world. I didn't even know half of them. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was a blessing, man. The 2k league, that whole journey was a blessing and you know i wouldn't go back in time to change anything you know i love sports sports are always my first love i would like that, that i've been like that my whole life like um but yeah like i said everything happens for a reason and you know there's 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 nothing nothing i would change in my life you know no matter how weird the directions were but yeah, yeah. i'm so I mean, grateful for it. so you you mentioned you know at these awards and all those key guys that were there i'm sure when you got that award obviously right before we started we were talking about the nfl honors and we we're talking about the speeches so when you got that award were you able to go up on the stage and speak and if you did like how was it you know speaking in front of all of these guys all of these organizations that are you know so big have such a big followings and you're controller player of the year in front of all these guys talking about that like what was that experience yeah like for you? yeah so so i didn't clarify well enough there were six people nominated i was nominated for it i didn't get it they uh who got it i'm blanking on his name big call of duty guy um what year was this because a call of duty player won it like i'm sorry no draw like this might be biased but if if fortnite was out during this time a controller player should have won uh, uh my opinion my opinion yeah. that's the hardest this was this was this was 2021 this was in this was in october oh see they probably, Let me see they probably right gave, it, it might have been it probably was like scump or dashy or like one of the big uh one of the big call of duty guys the money makers you know what I'm saying? yeah the money makers respectable they're nasty i'm just saying when it came to fortnite just because of the keyboard and mouse and controller I'm actually dynamic, curious. Like, i wonder if you know this guy my opinion the yeah. best controller player yeah. in the world on fortnite is the best controller player like period mechanically in my opinion because like, right. that just it, it, it oh face sim Oh my God, Simp. Yo, I used to get shit on by Simp and Cod. Like when I told you when I, when I snapped my leg, bro, I used to get on shit on by TJ. Wait, Simp. but you know who that is? Yeah, I know exactly who that is. He's taking yeah, yeah. he's taking money from me. What do you mean? Do I know who that is? He's a fucking he's a freak. All right, my fault, Sim. You got that. Yeah, I mean, you got that. Yeah. So he he uh, there was definitely some 
League of Legends guys, though. I mean, not League of Legends. Uh, Rocket League. Oh, Fortnite. yo, the controller players on Rocket League go crazy too. I never got down that bad. But I see no, them fucking do the spinning and shit. I'm like, all right, y'all got that. Too. Yeah, no, they, no, no, they actually go crazy. Um, but yeah, man, unbelievable ride. Well, like, so what about like, you know, you also mentioned Twitch too. Was there a path that you saw yourself almost like? going down the path of streaming this and starting to monetize this and keep going down this, even if you didn't have to play in the 2K League or go win all these awards? Or was it just like, you know, two years, I did what I did, and I'm, and I'm moving on? It was two years, I did what I did, and I'm moving on. But with respect to Twitch, I was so competitive at trying to actually win in the NBA 2K League. I didn't want to stream because I didn't want people to know how I played unless I was playing against them. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's there's tendencies in 2K. Um, more than any other video game, um, you know, just because it's not as intricate as a Fortnite or a Call of Duty, where like there's so much stick skill there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little more, it's a little more mental, and it's a little more like there's stuff you can pick up on. Like if I watch somebody play for a game, I would know exactly how to play them the next game. So like you know, all these other guys in the two K league are that's, streaming. That's why I fucking hate. I couldn't. Get, I couldn't insane. keep playing two K because I used to grind my team right, and you get good enough in my team, like you're in the high enough play. Uh, as yep. high players, yep. you start playing the same dudes over and over again. So I'm playing against dudes that really play two K. Like I'm like I'm in the basement two o'clock in the morning. I'm fucking around. These dudes really play two K, and you could yeah. find out like. Okay, my dribble size up package, like he knows that. Like he knows about to run the double screen. Like he knows how to defend that. Like, and I wasn't good enough to be like, all right, let me figure out how to get better. But these dudes not, he's let me adjust. Yeah. these dudes really know what the that 2K and Madden, bro. You gotta be some yeah. of the sharpest mental guys you'll ever face. Like that shit's crazy. Yeah, man. so that's another thing I think is interesting. Is the I probably watch more film than I played 2K mm-hmm. in my two years, the 2K league. And that's on other teams. That's on myself. You know, what What do I notice? I'm doing that at a consistent rate that, you know, I know that other teams would pick up on. So it's all, it's a chess match the whole season. Okay. Like before every week, there's a week to prepare. Before every game, there's a week to prepare for you. And like we used um, Synergy.com, which is what the NBA uses. But you can break down every pick and roll set, every sideline inbounder for every player on the court. Yo. So like, you know, we had all these different, it, it, it's, it's really a chess match. That's crazy. Um, yeah. It's less like a st- stick skill thing, honestly. It's yeah. more like you got to know basketball and you got to – yeah, you just got to be tough, man. That's why – like, I have another question, but that's kind of why I fell in love with, like, Fortnite, Call of Duty, and now I play Apex. It's like, dude, I'm a, like, he's played games with me. Like, we'll play Fortnite. I'm a fucking idiot. I don't care. I'll run into the danger and I'll be like, all right, I can, well, get, because my, I can Jack, get myself out of this. He was – he was working on qualifying for the World Cup. Yeah, so, so like, like basically, he was, he Fortnite, was nasty. When it, came to, when it came to Call of Duty, when it came to like Call of Duty and Fortnite, like I got to a point where I was really good to be like close to the pro players, but I could never break that because I was too worried about like how you said you went down a rabbit hole like a year, no one saw you, you were just playing a game. I couldn't get to that point where it's like, all right, yeah, we're just playing this. Like this year, my parents weren't with that. I kind of wasn't fully with that yet, so yeah, I couldn't really get yeah. there. But my question well, with that, like, go ahead. Yeah, keep going. No, you go. I was going to ask you about Blockhead Sports because you were talking about how you get in that, like, these obsessive little caves and modes and layers. Like, is that what happened with NFTs? Like, did you see what was going on with Web 2 and what was going to happen with Web 3 and, like, what the crypto space was doing? And was like, all right, I didn't did my thing with 2K, but I got to pivot. Like, I see a gold mine here, too. And, like, let me hop in my layer right now for these next couple years and get this NFT shit popping because I see the opportunity. Or was it, like, did someone put you on? Like, that's kind of what I was going to get to. But if you had to say something else, bro, go ahead. So the first thing I want to touch on is with all this video game stuff and, and getting good at it, like those are probably the most, those are the four most or three prior before that last year, most volatile moments or times emotionally of my life. Mm-hmm. So like, I wasn't in a good headspace when I was getting that good at video games. That's like, so true. Like, That's so it was true. a crazy, it wasn't like, you know, I just had a shift of passion. It was like, this was my escape outlet and I was mm-hmm. playing video games. My heart, I wanted to. I want to play basketball. I want to play town. I want to go play sports in college, like 100. Like there was no like I wanted to go go out and have like I was. There was no the video game thing was a product of my mental health, mm-hmm. and I just you know I, I I have an obsessive personality and I got really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know I kind of as I you know as I dug myself back out of that hole, I was like okay I think it's time to move on. And like uh, you know like I said I'm so appreciative that I did that, but. You know, that's kind of where that started from. So, yeah, you kind of got to be a little 
Yeah, we gotta grab. Yeah. A, we gotta grab a drink one day. We have a lot of common. We have a lot of fucking. Well, we, we were talking yeah. about going to up to MSG with them with him and yeah, it. they gotta yeah, it's, gotta it's like a ranger. Oh, Rangers 100%. Play, we, can make, we can make we can make a day out of it. Yeah, yeah, we can make yeah, because yeah, we'll go out and make the day. You know, mess around in New York and then yeah, rip the game. Um, but let's get into you know blockhead sports and talk to us about like how you pivoted, why you pivoted. And, you know, I want to know about, like, the structure that goes into that. You can't mm-hmm. just walk into this space and be like, you know, okay, I'm just going to set up and make an NFT. Like, no, there's so you much s- shit. No, that- look, you harped on that with me one time. We were down here like, bro, you can't just hop in an NFT game and just buy shit and drop shit. Like, you got to be, like, in it. Right, That's you got to know what you're doing because there is a lot of money to make, but there's a shitload of money to lose. <laughs> yeah, so Blockhead Sports was inspired by the eSports Awards. Um in a sense, a buddy pitched me the idea, but it was definitely accelerated by the esports awards and the whole play to earn space. Um, so blockheads, you know, what I like to look at as a passive play to earn in a sense, where you know you're holding your NFT is actually working for you within the video game, but you're not playing. Um, so it's run by a computer simulation. And the way it works is, you know, it's a 6v6 hockey league. And we actually uploaded these NFTs into – upload these NFT player cards with respect to the aesthetics and attributes into the um, video game that we're using. And so each holder, you know, owns one of these players. And the concept of it is – you gain a blockhead coin, which is predicated upon the player's performance. So like for a goal, there's you earn 40 blockhead coin. For an assist, you earn 20 blockhead coin. For a save, you earn three block, four blockhead coin. For a hit, you earn 10. Um, and this is like, you know, you're watching the computer simulation. Like you'd be watching a 2K game, you know, with two computers playing against each other. Um, so it's cool because it's gamified in the sense of you can buy multipliers with the blockhead coin in our private marketplace with the blockhead coin that you earn from your player's performance. I basically say, I think my guy's going to score, score a goal, assist, save, or hit this game. You know, one of the four. Now let me, let me put my blockhead coin into a token where if instead of, you know, accumulating 40 blockhead coin for a goal, I would, I could risk 30 blockhead coin, but I would accumulate 120 if you got a goal. So there's seven colors in each player. So there's 252 NFTs in the league, six, six on each team, six teams. So that's where a disparity can come in terms of coin accumulation, which is the ultimate goal. And I'll talk about the value of that in a second Um, between, you know, you and I, Manny, if both of us had, uh, the same exact player. It's who uses those multipliers better. This is for the first season. So who, you know, who knows their player better? Who knows what, you know, what they're probably going to do in that game. So it's a little bit of risk there. Um, so we're backing this marketplace. That's, you know, our blockhead sports private marketplace with half the revenue that we generate from the mint. So there's prizes that you can win. And, you know, there's 25 special prizes that are available to, you know, only one holder can win one prize a season, but all those prizes are, you know, above a $800 US, US dollar value. Mm. Um, so like you're buying in at an eighth of an Ethereum, which is around $400. Um, and you have the opportunity to, at a minimum, double your investment. If you're one of the top 25 holders of this blockade coin um, in, you know, in the season one and keep in mind, multiple people bought more than one blockhead. So there's probably only like 80 people you're competing against. If you're in the top 25, you know, you're getting a real return on your investment. It's fun. It's gamified. Um, and then there's prizes. Once you want, once one holder claims one prize, that prize is no longer available in the marketplace. So it's like a race in terms of coin accumulation to get the top prizes. Some of the prizes are, you know, $5,000. Some of them are $800. So like, it's like a really cool thing to get behind and just, I'm kind of trying to bridge the gap between esports, virtual sports and NFTs. And I'm doing it in, you know, kind of merging it with a fantasy sports concept. And making a, do, you, do you know Gary Vee? 
I I do know Gary Vee. I don't think Gary Vee knows me. Okay, no, I was asking that because he he know he's really in tune with the whole with the esports space. That's why I was asking that because he's really, is that right, bro? He loves. Esports. I didn't know that. He oh, like weirdly loves. It. That's why I was asking. But go ahead, Alex. My fault. I was just gonna say, okay. and you're making it more understandable in a way for you know esports sports. You know, for people that come onto this show, you mm-hmm. know, sports gamblers, sports betters that essentially you're betting on your player to perform well. Um, but it makes it in a more understandable way because a lot of these people are so invested in sports that they don't really know too much about crypto or how it works or the NFT. They just know that, holy shit, I can make a lot of money from it, but I just don't know how to set up a MetaMask wallet or you know how to run the mint or how it works on different platforms. So what was like when you actually had the idea of setting this up, Like, what what was the stuff that had to go into actually making this what it is now like just the if there's any details that you're willing to share that actually go into the the hardships of the structure of building this whole process so the biggest thing that i thought about when i was designing this was you know after this gold rush is over what are consumer habits that have existed for you know, 20 plus years that I can apply to the Web3 space. So all these people are, you know, coming off with these ideas, you know, that might not hold real value in terms of their utility. So like you buy these NFTs and at face value, they don't really do much for you, but they hold value in this market because there's a gold rush or because people are always shilling and promoting all these different projects. You don't really know what you're getting. You're buying it in hopes that it goes up, but you know, there's not a real value to it, right? Like if the market was, if the NFT market was evened out, the projects that would stay here versus would hit zero, you know, would be the projects that provided a utility that was worthwhile for a holder. Mm -hmm. So that was my biggest thought coming into this. Like, you know, how can I make this genuinely worth holding? Because, you know, I want, you know, I think that's the key to, producing anything, you know, that's going to sustain itself is, you know, if people only have a hundred bucks to spend on NFTs, as opposed to a thousand, what are they really going to buy? You know, that's not going to be that piece of art that might hit zero next week or might hit 500. 110%, dude, 110%. So that's like a really big thing that I thought about prior to this. And that's like, you know, I'm doing this a little differently where I'm not doing an ICO and I'm not, you know, I'm not making this coin, this blockade coin public. And I'm not, you know, I'm not forming a liquidity pool. I'm allocating a certain amount of our percentage of revenue from our mint. And I'm making it so if you're, you know, in the upper echelon in our game, and you don't have to be the best, but if you're in the top 30, 25%, you're in a position for a return on your investment that is incredibly worth it. And I think a lot of people. That's a lot of people don't understand too. Like top 30%, like it's not, don't get scared of that. That is right. That is a no, lot that's, of people. No, that's that's a good spot because that's a you great think spot. A lot of these pe- a lot of people, like people are gonna hear top thirty percent. Like, oh my god, I gotta be so good. At it. No, no, yeah. no, no, top thirty percent. You're right there. Like, exactly. everyone's right there. Yep, you're right on that. So, so you can contribute to your thirty percent by buying more NFTs. You have one wallet, so it's not like everyone owns one player. Right. So, yeah. like, that's a way that you can increase your odds. Get more and then another thing is, you know, there's people who just don't understand. Um the NHL game or the, you know, the game, the hockey game who are bought into the idea of this increasing just at, at flip value because of just the idea and, you know, what, what I'm trying to do within virtual sports and, you know, that merger to NFTs. So some people are just investing the fact that their player is going to be worth more than they bought it at. So like in terms of the actual coin accumulation, it might be 60% of the holders actually going for that. Right. And then you put yourself in a, Exactly. You know, it's almost like a 50-50. And if you know what you're doing, you're going to, you know, you're going to make a good return. And when I'm talking about a return, like I'm talking about these, this is stuff separate from selling your player. Like your player still holds value. This is extra stuff that has, um, you know, the, that, that could 10 times your initial investment. So like you still hold your player when you exchange for these prizes. So your player can still make you money off your initial investment. And then you have the opportunity, if you're in like this 40% realistic echelon that, you know, you're going to have a return from these special prizes, which can only be unlocked by one, one person, you know, per prize. So a lot of people have the opportunity to get them. Um, so there's a lot of ways to profit, 
you know, off the idea or, you know, I think it's something that's a really new thing for the NFT space. Um, and we, you know, I'd be the first one to say we didn't do a great job and I didn't do a great job at marketing it the right way. But what we did do is build a community of people who are so invested in the longevity of it. And there's no, nobody really in it for the quick flip, I would say. Um, which is the things that you always have to worry about with NFTs, especially at the beginning. Which is the things you got to worry about because that's, you know, that's how you bottom out. Um, so, you know, we haven't even tapped into the real NFT space. And, you know, we're, we're six spots away from selling out, like, as we speak. Damn. And our season starts on the 14th on Monday. So, you know, I'm, I'm so excited. We have a lot planned for season two. Like, you know, the colors are, you know, we're, my, my goal ultimately is to create, like, a huge disparity in, market value for various nfts and you know right now those colors are just to allow people with the same players to earn different amounts of coin through those multipliers but there's going to be a point where you know those colors contribute to what you can can and can unlock to ultimately help your player season two and you know we're going to just follow the same concept for football and basketball so, so i have a question too. so yeah so it's on nhl right now so it's is it on like NHL twenty two is the game that we're playing. Yeah, so yeah. when you go into next season and NHL twenty three comes out, are you looking to move it to that game or are you gonna to stick to twenty twenty two? So the seasons are like a month long. Okay. Mm. So then like you so like, do like like do you is would, there gonna be like I, I don't gap? really I, I'm content I'm content on this game. I'm content on twenty two. Yeah, because I was gonna say like great. I feel like it would be a lot to transition to a new game when it's relatively gonna be same. Yeah, yeah, no, I want to keep I want to keep as many variables as I want to keep variables out of it. So like once we start, I want to kind of ride with that. Um and then, you know, I'm just using that as a medium, but like the actual NFT part of all this, you know, is is obviously the animations are based on the game, but, but you know, the your value comes from this block of coin and our block of marketplace, which is, you know, which is something we're backing so you know i want to i want the simulation part of it to kind of be you know looked at as cool but you know i want people to really own their blockheads and i think a cool thing is like you know we have a lot of prizes that like we have one of our prizes is tickets to the nba finals so like you know the right person gets that they post on instagram like on behalf of blockhead people look into it it's a really easy thing to backtrack and be like okay this is exactly how this happened there's not like a weird market trend you got to look at Right. You can just say, OK, my guy had these stats. I use these multipliers and I accumulate this amount of coin like and I was just enjoying it with my buddies, like just watching the game. So that's the goal here to really <laughs> like really normalize, you know, NFTs and really show people that at face value, they're a product, you know, that has, uh, you know, I'm providing a product with a real opportunity for a return and an understandable return. So that's you know, that's all that really goes into that. Um, you know, I could talk about it for hours, but there's like, I think the biggest thing here, since, you know, nobody's done this before is the proof of concept. So, you know, our season starts February 14th and we're going to be live on Twitch at Blockhead Sports. And, you know, where people are going to be streaming, you're going to be seeing the coins, you know, people accumulating coins and you can, you know, go to the marketplace and say, okay, how close am I to unlocking X, Y, and Z? And I think that's a pretty cool thing. Damn, so like my final question for you, kind of like just like a psychology thing, because <clears throat> when you look at life and I'm not trying to put nobody down because I think everybody can tap into greatness. Like, I'm not trying to put nobody down. But do you think some people just kind of have it from birth and some people don't like I think there's something <laughs> to be said for people. And this is not me toot my own horn toot your own horn. But like I was blessed to be very good at sports from a young age. But that kind of framework stuck with me. Like, you know, what I'm saying my big shout out to my dad, and my mom. From that point on, they always fed into me like. Listen, you could be good at anything you want. Like, you just can apply to school. This can apply to sports. This can apply to riding a bike. When you learn how to rollerblade, like, you learn that fast. Like, when you do, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. so do you think your background from being, you played three sports, you were about to be a college athlete in one. I was a college athlete as well. Do you think that transferred to you being like, I can't be normal? I can't fall back to, like, I have to have a certain standard of things I do. Like, is that, do you think that kind of ties into your ambition or? Is that kind of, am I like getting off on a, on a wrong tangent? Do you feel like? No, no, no. That's a, that's a really good, it's an interesting thing to talk about. I think, you know, cause when you like, like point, my fault, like when you, when you talk to certain people that maybe you, you were in NFTs with or people you work with, like they all have something that they're 
good at. And it's really weird if you think about it. Like, like Alex, like you've seen this fucker swing a stick. Like, he is a top percentage golfer. Like, Ish. Ish is great at really? gambling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He can swing a fucking stick. You Alex, look, we got we to golf. Ish. Go, like, yeah, Ish, Ish, Ish you got to come up. Ish, yeah, is, a, Ish is a good gambler, 100%. talented gambler. He's a fucking two college sport athlete. Like, right. so, like, a lot of these people that do shit that's extraordinary aren't normal. That's kind of like kind of a pattern I'm seeing. Yeah, I think, you know, to your point, my parents probably played a big part in that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're ambitious. And I, you know, I'd like to think that they do things the right way. Just, you know, whether it's in work or, you know, just in society, like I think of them as good people. And it's it's easy to be like, okay, you know, what would they do here? Mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely framework that I've grown up with that's helped a ton. Um, and then yeah, I'm just really competitive and, I think the 2K League, like, honestly, really drilled into me that I can do whatever I want um, because I was not supposed to be there. And then I was, you know, in a, like I said, arguably best 2K player in the world uh-huh. two years later. So it was like, so it was a crazy, uh, it was a crazy thing to, it's a crazy thing to resort back to. And it's like, yeah, there's no excuse. Like, you know, I could work harder. I could be more prepared. Like, and that's something, you know, I don't need to sleep. I should sleep. I don't need to sleep. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely, I've definitely been wired like that from these past three years. Like, you know, if I could do this, I could do that. Um, I kind of just live by that. And, you know, I, I hate to lose. And, yep. you know, if I am going to lose, you got to beat me. That's my, that's yep. always my thing. Anything I do, what you got to beat me. Hey, what the fuck do I, you got to literally kill me. I'll die, I'll die. Gotta, right. Yeah, yeah, you got to show me got every, you, everything. Yeah, the I, NFT world, you got to show me. I've, I've had a, a bunch of backlash on this project, you know, just with respect to it being, you know, different and doing it on the Ethereum blockchain. And the Ethereum blockchain is super cutthroat in terms of people who want to get a quick flip. And we'll see, man. You Love Like it. I said, you got to show me. Yeah, Love dude. It. And I think all that kind of ties together just from your, you know, experiences throughout the 2K League that have kind of brought you in, in such a short time, all those accolades. And then you're able to transition and do something like this. We thank you so much for your time, dude. Uh, we're going to be in touch with you about getting up and, and linking up in New York for a game, spending a day up in New York with you guys. Um, and then, you know, we do we, we have a, a, a golf series on our YouTube where we call Tea Party, where we do a bunch of golf videos. So we'd love to get out there with you. Yo, Once the I would love to do that. Like, if we could play, like, even nine holes, we go up to uh, – there's, like, like, if you guys came up to Westchester for a day, there's a club, like, five minutes away. We could all play. We could get that. two cards, play nine holes, go to the Rangers game. You know, that's that's right on my app. Yeah, that, that's awesome, day. dude. Thank you so much. We'll be in, in close you, touch bro. with you. Right, Great boys. to talk with you. Yeah, we no, really that's really it. fun. You guys killed it. I love the production. You, you already know how I feel about it. You Thank got you, it, bro. Yeah. Thank you so much. It means a lot, bro. Thank you so much. Take care, all right, buddy. Guys. Take all care, buddy. Oh, my goodness. Dude, I think it's just cool that, like, you know, he was somebody so different, but it also is, like, the realization that, like, you know, he has kind of like the same mindset as us. It's the same. I was going to say it's the same framework. That question that I asked him at the end about the psychology and patterns between people who like essentially win on shit, I would ask if we had Jono, I'm asking Jono the same question. If we had Austin on, I'm asking the same question. If we had fucking Aaron Rodgers on, I'm asking him the same. Like, because there's patterns. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even, if, even though he's doing it in 2K or he's doing it in NFT world, it's the same competitive, like, it's the same competitive drive. I've heard fucking, it's funny. I actually kind of had like an epiphany when I heard Pat talk about it. He was talking about it on the show that he had, they had the whole fucking setup, whatever. He was like, listen, this shit that I had instilled in me from sports applies right into the business world. And, like, I've seen it. With, like, I, we've had um, fallouts with certain companies or, like, sure. disagreements with people. And I get that same competitive fire. Like, no, these fuckers think they're better than us? Like, yeah. what? Like, all right, let's lace them up. And it, it's funny how everything's transferable. And you could tell that guy has it. Like, you know what I mean? He just has it. Like, the fact that – and, like, that's why I like that question so much because you said some of the things that are, like, you know – I hold myself to this quote unquote standard, like mm. I can't go back to that quote unquote normalcy of doing a nine to five mm. or, you know, back. But it wasn't even school. that. Cause he, like, say if, say if I was doing a nine to five, I would just have to be like, I would have to, I would have to, to climb be, to the top of yeah, the ranks. I, like I couldn't, and yeah. it, it's, it's not like a shot at anybody, but I think maybe my parenting or just my, my background, how I was coming up. It's like, I can't be, I don't want, I cannot be average. And when I, pe- when I see people like that, it, like, it makes a lot of sense. Like, when you, we'll have a fucking, we'll be playing, we won't even be recording, and you'll chunk something, and it's like, your next three holes, like, you're not even talking, because it's like, I gotta get the back in, like, I gotta, because right. you can't be average at golf, right. like, it, and it transfers, and like, how we are with the pocket, like, it's fucking crazy. It is funny, it. that's a good realization, too, because I do actually shut down, but then I come back, <laughs> and I come back to my senses, but guys, we thank you guys for being a part of this episode. Once again, this was something so different to us, and so different to you, hopefully. Um, we wanted to show you guys that 
we don't necessarily have to go at all these gamblers and all these content creators and all this kind of stuff. We can go up people and have people on the show that are completely different that have just as an interesting story as the rest. So right. we appreciate you guys being a part of this. You can follow us on our Twitter page at ADED podcast and our Instagram at ADED pod. Twitch is going off right now. We're going to be, um, you know, streaming. You guys won't see this, but we will have already done our, our, our pre Super Bowl stream on Twitch. Twitch is coming back and it's going to be better than ever. So be on the lookout for the Twitch. It's just the name of the show without the, the, so it's just all day, everyday show. And you guys know, TikTok's going crazy. We stream on there every single day. Um, and we're getting a lot of views on there and that's part of the reason why the following has gone up and we are where we are right now. So follow the TikTok, be a part of everything. And, um, you know, we didn't say at the beginning, but oh, get the fact, YouTube, yeah, make sure you fuckers like comment, subscribe to that notification bell. You already know the boys are grinding. Pretty sure we got to have a couple, maybe two, three videos dropping this week. You guys, gotta I know. Make sure you hit the notification bell so you don't miss any. But it's the all the everyday show, boys. Signing off. Signing another off, fucking boys. banger. Another man. fucking banger. This is a two What's show that? week. Three, four, in two four, days. four, five hundred. You were like listening to the all day everyday show <laughs> with all day AJ and the homie Manny Ruffin. My name is all day AJ. I'm sorry, what the fuck? My name is Alex Jacobs. But you can call me all day AJ. I don't even know. I have a podcast, five stars. See you guys in a bit.